not gonna be Leslie. Yeah. So what does that make you? Not Cameron. <laughs> You're CP. All right, it's chit chat time. <laughs> oh God, the chit chat. The chit chat is real. I don't know what's more entertaining, me being Leslie or me trying to see you wake up. I even let you sleep an hour longer. I know, their chit chat is real, especially when I'm working 52 hours a week. Okay, but are you ready for today's story? Yeah, I'm ready. Alright, we are doing the Axeman. Don't put me back to sleep, I'm trying to wake up. <laughs> if I put you to sleep, it's, cause, <laughs> it's because of your nose. It's like you had a cough, but you wheezed. It was the asthma. Today we are doing the Axeman. I think it makes it crazier because of the COVID pandemic we're in. Does it really though? I guess we'll find out because I'm reading from the (laughs) script. So we're about to find out. And I guess you already know. (laughs) So I may be reading it as if I know what's going on. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, because I'm just reading it for the first time. Have you been to New Orleans or know about the serial killer demon they have? No for the New Orleans and yes for the killer because... You researched it. I researched it. You know, I've been wanting to go to Louisiana, mainly New Orleans, because that's like what Louisiana is known for. But after seeing that sentence, we may be going to somewhere else in Louisiana. And they're pretty like high up on the charts of... Serial killers? Yeah. Or murders. Like, it's just, like, serial killers are dead. But the one more crime, like, they're doing a series right now. They do their series. Like, every series they do, they choose a state. And right now, it's... Louisiana. Louisiana. Ooh, that's pretty cool, it's, though. It's, it's, it's all I'll up be there. Like, let the- me see which state has the least true crime. And I'm pinpointing going there. <laughs> All right, so let me paint this picture for you to understand the paranormal part a little bit better. Paint away, paint away. Did you do that because you know I love to paint? Yeah. No, you didn't. (laughs) It's roughly a hundred years ago. Actually, it's a little more than a hundred years ago. From 1918, the Spanish flu was ramping up and killing millions and millions of people. So, how the things are going on right now, or I guess that were going on when you did this research, is what happened 100 years ago. But way worse, because Netflix and no smartphones, all schools, restaurants, churches, and all theaters were shut down. We are now opening back up. But we were closing down when you did this research because this was supposed to be like episode three. <laughs> Is that what it says on there? No. But the fact that you have the well, the welcome to, in, the intro music, and the chit-chat time well, is always. we try to record this two different times. We try to record it toward the beginning, and then for some reason that didn't work out. I think that's like... We sounded horrible. It was like an echo or something. Yeah, and then so I was like, okay, we'll do it again. And then and there was Baby. <laughs> no, and that's when the One the More com- Crime did their episode. It was going to be the same exact week back to back, and I'm like, oh, no, let's push it back. Uh, so everything was shutting down. I've tried to see for how long, but they, that is I, an example. No, I'm saying <laughs> I tried to research how long everything that, was shut everything down. Everything back then was shut down. How long they had to wear masks. How long they had to, you know, like quarantine and blah, 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 blah. 
because I wanted to use that as an example to figure out how long we would be in this situation now. Uh, well, we're still in masks. Slightly still quarantine-ish. The theaters are in phase one. Yeah, they're now starting to embrace, like, they opened, I think, like, a week ago. And like, two like, days ago. Oh, I guess they advertised it a yeah. week ago. And then Bray's like, I want to go, I want to go, I want to go. We rode by to see, like, what they would even be playing. And it was legit, like, all movies that was already out in Redbox. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, Bray, we're not going for a while. So last night they actually advertised on TV a movie. I don't even remember what it's called. Like some coming out Thanksgiving? No, it's coming out on October 8th. Oh, I've seen and Thanksgiving. And Anthony's like, Bray, I guess we found what movie we're going to go see. <laughs> well, see, I'm just reading from the script, so I'm just like, examples for now, so. <laughs> I didn't know what you were talking about. Everyone was recording. Me kind of like writing short notes for some things. Just kind of like it clues in for me. But for me, I'm just like, parentheses. So maybe before I read parentheses, I need to read it and then say it. Everyone was required to wear a mask in public. Citizens caught in public without a mask, wearing it improperly, were arrested and charged with disturbing the peace and fined $5. How are you going to disturb the peace by just not wearing your mask right? Because you're scaring other citizens. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So, me and Keenan went out the other night, uh-huh. and they had a sign that says, wearing your mask, like, under your nose is like wearing underwear <laughs> way below your waist. Well, what is it just hanging and I'm like, away from one ear? That's what Anthony does. And, well, the sign, and I'm just laughing, and I'm like, Keenan, look, and I say... I mean, not saying he does or doesn't or anything like that. As a joke, I was like, well, tell him if I don't wear underwear, does that mean I don't have to wear a mask? (laughs) Needless to say, he did not say that. But I thought it was funny. (laughs) So, because literally, he walked up and I showed him the sign. He was like, yeah, I'm that person because his his mask was a beard. (laughs) Um, Anyways... So, I guess he would be disturbing the peace. Well, Anthony doesn't like wearing it because it, like, literally, if you if he wears his mask and then he takes it off, his beard, it goes, like, sucks up. And, I mean, he hates it. He's just like, but do you want to know a fun fact? Okay. And I hope it, is it a fact that'll happen now? And me and Anthony have talked about this fact, and I feel like I'm rambling. But. So, is it not so fun? Uh, it's just a fact it's just a fact but it took almost 90 years for them to discover what made the Spanish flu of 1918 so deadly and because it was like a virus that weakened the like a person's bronchiolar tubes in their lungs which made it easier for them to you know catch bacterial pneumonia well i was telling anthony about this whenever we was well after i researched this and i'm like oh my god it took them 90 years and anthony's like my god it better not take them 90 years to figure out no didn't they didn't they figure out it was a bat somebody had a bat they 
they've said so many things. Who, who truly knows? But I'm like, hopefully it doesn't take them 90 years. And everything's like, well, they got so much, like. Wait a minute. That would have been 12 years ago they figured that out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. No. Yeah. No. It's like, they have upgraded so much stuff in the labs. It better not take them 90 years to figure out what caused this and what made it so deadly. Yeah, no. So, by May of 1918, the city of New Orleans was not afraid of the flu, but of the Axeman. He was breaking into people's homes and attacking them during the night. The Axeman had a 50-50 with his victims. Some he left wounded, some he left dead. Over a period of 18 months, from May 1918 to October 1919, they say the Axeman could have started even before this. So let me kind of tell you what he did before we talk about who he murdered. So, you ready? I'm ready. The Axeman would break into Italian families' houses during the middle of the night by chiseling out the bottom panel of their doors with some tool that he found at their home or their house. Then he would take the axe at the person's house and murder them. How would you like to be murdered by... I wouldn't like to be murdered at all, so I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I was going to say by somebody finding something at your house and it's like, hmm. No, neither. Neither. On the night of May 22nd, 1918... An Italian grocery store owner, Joseph Maggio. 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 I think it's Mario. Maggio. Okay, well, here you are. That's the only... one who only pronounces everything wrong. I know. I only know a few of these because I listened to... The pronunciation? No, I didn't listen to... Oh, my God. I can't even say that. I didn't listen to that. I listened to, like, other podcasts and YouTube videos over and over and over oh. to, like, know some of their names. All their names I'm not going to be able to help you out with. Well. But there's a few. Okay. okay. Go on. Well, Joseph Maggio <laughs> and his wife, Catherine, were the first victims. Joseph's brother, Andrew, who lived next door, found his brother, Joseph, barely hanging on to life. He did die shortly after, but Joseph and Catherine both had their throats cut with a razor blade while they were asleep. Then their heads were both bashed in with axes. Catherine's throat was so deeply cut that it was almost detached from her shoulders. Ugh. And yes, you want me to read this. So I was kind of confused on how you could, you know, like slit somebody's throat and then bash their head of two people and not one. Okay, I know what you're saying. How how do you do one without the other one waking yeah. up? So like if this happened, hopefully it never does. But if this happened to you and Keenan as y'all was laying in bed and he had his throat slashed first, <laughs> it's like how would you not hear something okay well maybe maybe whoever was first the second person heard and that's when they're like eh. well no like i read and i think this person like was like in the medical field who said this but they said if you slit their throat in just the right spot 
it damages the vocal cords. So they wouldn't have been able to make a <clears throat> or nothing. Mm. No, like, yell, heat, holler, like. Oh, that's just gross. Yeah. I have the weakest. So it have been able. They would have been able to like slit one's throat and then slit the other, without either one waking up or making a sound. If they did it in. Like, well, then that's the how right you know, spot. I guess. I mean, I don't know if that's what really happened, but. Well, let's find out. Once the Axeman left the house, he left the axe in the bathroom. And the razor blade used to slit their necks was tossed in the neighbor's yard. And the killer also left his bloody clothes behind. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Is that's... he naked or? Right? What is going on? And obviously he ain't trying to not get caught, huh? Police knew it wasn't a robbery because nothing was missing and money was laying around. Police arrested a number of people, including Joseph's brother, Andrew. Since he was a barber and his razor blade was the razors to kill his brother and sister-in-law. Man, that's being at the wrong place at the wrong time and you ain't even there. So, police questioned him. Why did you take two hours to check on your brother when you heard moaning sounds? He said, I was drunk. I was passed out. I'm being shipped out to war. You would drink too. Then the cap, the, the cap, then the cop asked, why did you bring your razors home a few days before they were murdered? Andrew said, I brought it home because I had a nick in the razor and he wanted to get it fixed. So everyone was released, even Andrew, due to the lack of evidence. They did find one clue. It was a cryptic message. Am mm-hmm. I saying that right? Yeah. It was a cryptic message written in a written in chalk. Just a short distance from the murder scene, the message read, "Mr. Maggio will sit up tonight." Mrs. Maggio. Mrs. Maggio will sit up tonight, just like Mrs. Tony. The police looked into this and thought possibly it could be related to Mrs. Tony. Shahambara. Sorry, Miss Shahambara, if I'm saying that wrong. Sorry, Miss Tony, if I'm saying your last name wrong. She was one of the grocery attacked during the period 1911 to 12. Yeah, so they think that she was one of, if it, if. The first axe killings is related to him, that it was tied together. Okay. With the band just a year apart? Yeah, it's like kind of, he went on a killing spree, he stopped, and then he started again, and then they found that cryptid message. And so they're like, maybe he's saying, I Right. During the possible 1911-1912 killing, a majority of those victims died from an axe or meat cleaver. Oh. <laughs> like your face is serene and you're like, it's like mm-hmm. how happy it is. Like your smile just keeps going dead. The killer also entered the homes during the night by knocking out the panel door. So there were 16 murders between 1911 and 1912. The Axeman, maybe? We will really never know. 
let me tell you, I got this app where you can shop online and get cash back. Tell me about it. I want some cash back. Definitely. Anthony needs cash back for all his purchases. Yes. So definitely because of the pandemic, I'm not trying to go out, go shopping. I'm just trying to stay at home and save some Live money. Live your best life as you shop away. Exactly. Especially, you know how much I travel. I can get cash back from staying in hotels if I go take a flight, like I can get cash back for things I do on a daily basis. So to me, this is amazing. It's got name brands like Target, Kohl's, Adidas, and also I was like, oh, we eating at Applebee's because I'm getting 5% back. And guess what? I swiped my card and it went straight to my app showing how much I earned. So it's like so, instant, like it is you instant. Pay, by the time the waitress came back to bring me my receipt, I had a notification saying I just got cash back. It's that fast. It's amazing. Once you use our code in the notes below or on our website, when you spend $25, you will instantly get $10 back. So you're already like making money for money that you're already going to spend no matter what. Exactly. I'm using it. If you like to save money, then definitely check out Rakuten. And that's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Again, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Check it out today. Save you some money and get some cash back. Today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a skincare line from home that covers all of your skin needs. You do not need millions of eye creams or cleansers to get better skin that you deserve. The reason why we love them is clean ingredients, effective results with just a three-step routine that can be shared with you and your partner. Right now, Romer is giving our listeners 15% off plus a gift when you use our code LISTENER15. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-1-5 on their website, romerskin.com. No stress, no clutter, just happy skin. A month later, on June 28, 1918, the Louis Bessemer, Bessemer. Bessemer and his wife a baker making his morning deliveries noticed that the Bergerman 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 hadn't opened his store, which is completely not like him to open up so like. So he knocked and knocked to the grocery store door. Then he went around back to his house and knocked some more. Lewis came to the door covered in blood saying he was attacked. The baker ran up the stairs and found who he and the cops thought was Lewis's wife laying on the bed with a bad cut on her left ear. The back door was chiseled out and the axe was just found like before in the bathroom. Lewis's wife was still alive and rushed to the hospital. After she woke up, the police interviewed her and she said, she was attacked by a mulatto, which is someone who is mixed race. Louis Obacon. 
A 41-year-old African-American man who worked in Lewis's store just a week before the attack was was arrested. The police arrested him because of the conflicts on his whereabouts. Lewis was later released because they were unable to gather any evidence to hold him. But then it got a little stranger. Oh, yes. Harriet, Lewis's wife, tells police that she knew who it was. Lewis. He's a Russian spy. Oh, and by the way, I'm not... (laughs) Miss Bessemer. I'm Harriet Love, his mistress. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Like, Why are you calling me dumb? It's dun, dun, dun. Did I say dumb? Yeah, dumb, dumb, dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Like... But like, what what would you do? Like, you're a cops, and you're like the whole time you're investigating this. I don't know what time frame this went. I'd be like, where's the wife? Well, luckily she wasn't at the house. Thank God for her. But (laughs) clues might be in trouble though. But it's like they go, they investigate, and this whole time she's like, oh yeah. By the way, I'm not who you think I am. I'm not his wife. What if she really was, but she was saying she wasn't to kind of get out of it? Who knows? Because if if you weren't technically married to a Russian spy, wouldn't you, like, get out of it and be like, I'm under disguise? I don't know. I'm not married to a Russian spy. Or am I? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. More of an Amish. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that because of his beard? That and then he does woodwork. Yeah, try to take his phone away and see how that works. <laughs> oh, yeah, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, he could no not much. go without TikTok. The media had a field day with this information. And shortly after Lewis was taken in as a suspect, police found it hard to believe that Lewis did this scene after a fractured skull. Yeah, they're saying that, like, they're like, how in the world did he attack himself, attack her, go to the door... And then, you know, it's like all these things. It's like, right. it's not fitting in. It's like, why would you bash your head and crush your skull? I know I ain't crushing my skull to try to get away with murder. Or did he do it himself if he was guilty of attacking Harriet? So what are they saying that, you know, how they kill somebody and then they feel guilty and kill themselves? Yeah. Maybe that. Two months after the attack, Harriet died due to complications from her injuries. Part of her face was paralyzed from the attack. Doctors planned to correct this issue. Lewis survived nine months before he went on trial in May of 1919. It took the jury ten minutes to find Lewis not guilty of the attack. And that's a short... I know, that's that's very short. They're like, oh yeah, he's... He <laughs> let's, let's just say we're back here for this long because we already know, like... He's innocent, so let's just pretend like we took a little bit. But back to her surgery, I don't think, and that maybe would have been different if I lived back then, but I don't think I would have had that major of a surgery back then. But maybe back then it wasn't that big of a deal. And well, I feel like correcting a paralyzed face nowadays is still a major major surgery. Okay, well, maybe they told her if she didn't do it, then she would die. So either way, she was going to die. She would just be like paralyzed. Wouldn't be able to move. Well, we don't really know what she was thinking, though, do we? Because I'm just like, there is no way. I don't think I could do it nowadays. And I feel like. Well, maybe she was just in hopes of not to be paralyzed. 
I don't know. I couldn't do it. Me either. On August 5th, 1918, the Axeman strikes again. This time, he came and attacked Mrs. Schneider. Her husband came home and found found his pregnant wife of eight months covered in blood. She had a few teeth knocked out, and her scalp was cut open. What? She was rushed to the hospital. She was unconscious for two days before she woke up. She told the police she saw a dark figure before she was knocked out. And out of that, yes, the sculpting of the head is, like, really bad. But what really gets me, like, is the teeth being knocked out. I don't know why, like, I just just feel like that would hurt so bad to have your teeth knocked out. Yeah. I think all of it would hurt, honestly. I mean, all of it would hurt, but just, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. My teeth. One week after the attack, Mrs. Snyder went into labor and had a healthy baby girl. Everyone was starting to get worried that the Axeman's motive had changed from killing Italian grocers because the last victim was neither Italian or a grocer. Five days after... After Mrs. Schneider's attack, the Axeman returned again attacking an elderly Italian grocer, Joseph Romano, in his sleep. Why did I attack the old people? Because maybe they were doing something. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Pauline and Mary Joseph's niece woke up to a noise coming from their uncle's room. When they walked in, they saw Joseph had been attacked been struck on the head, and was bleeding bad. The Axeman left the room quickly. The girls described him as a dark skin, heavy set, and wearing a dark suit and a slouch hat. I think it's like slender manish people. Is that like the people that wear with like the long, no, like the long bird nose? Like that's what I'm thinking right here. Oh, I don't know. That holds the axe. Is that, do you know? That was back in the 1920s. Do you know that some people wore those masks out in public during this, like, corona yeah. thing? Have you seen that? I know the people. You know the people? I know some of the people. They went out as a bachelorette party in those because they, the girl, the bride has that tattooed on her. That's crazy. I didn't. I never knew that you could actually buy those masks. I think so. I think they really did it. They may have not. Like all the other attacks, Joseph had his back door panel chiseled out. When EMS arrived, Joseph walked from the house to the ambulance. Then two days later, Joseph died due to his wounds. New Orleans went into a state of panic, fueled up the media frenzy. So just imagine a COVID serial killer. Everyone was terrified they could be next. The Axeman took a seven-month break from killing and returned on March 10, 1919, attacking a grocer and his family once again. Was the Axeman's worst attack. Oh, the worst attack to me. But I, I don't know this attack, so I can't well, The worst attack to Leslie. <laughs> Was to Rosie Cordomalinga. Go ahead and correct me. Oh, I don't know. Okay, Rosie woke up to the sight of her husband Charles fighting the Axeman. 
Charles took multiple blows to the head and suffered a fractured skull. The Axeman returned back to Rosie, who was holding her two-year-old daughter in her arms. The Axeman swung, and the axe came down on both of them, killing the baby instantly and fracturing Rosie's skull. Oh, heck no. Heck no. He wants the baby died like instantly if it's an okay. I don't like that. A neighbor heard screams coming from the house, rushed into their home, called the cops. Both Charles and Rosie would make full recoveries. But did they really? Their hearts was broken. That's what I'm saying. But I can't have a full recovery without my baby. Rosie pointed the guilty finger at a man who came to save them. She blamed Jordy and Noel. Jordino, I think. Jordino and his son, Frank. The two men were charged with murder and found guilty. Frank was to hang. It was supposed to be like hung. Like they were to hang him. God. And Jordino to serve life in prison. So the son was going to get hung, but the dad was just going to have to sit in prison? That don't seem fair. I don't know. Wait. Charles denied his wife's claim and divorced her shortly afterwards. Nearly a year later, Rosie resenticated her testimony, saying she gave it out a spite and jealousy. The two men were released, and the killing of their daughter was added to the Axeman's tally. Why would you just tell somebody it was someone who was trying to help you? I don't know. Especially when you know there's an Axeman out there. Like, I don't know. And luckily, she, like, recanted her statement before the one dude got home. for helping her. So, it's like, do you help people or do you not? Like, is it going to, if you help somebody, are you going to get charged for murder or? Next time, they're going to be like, help yourself. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to ever help her again. For real. I mean, that's, well, this was also, like, 100 years ago. So, I don't know how old she'd be. <laughs> I'm saying she was probably born before 1919. She's a little old. If she if she's made it this far, if she's made it through the Spanish flu, through an Axeman, and in COVID right now, she indestructible. Either that, or she got nine lives like a cat. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> A few days after attacking Charles and Rosie, the Axeman decided to write into the newspaper. Yeah, you gotta read it like a creepy... Esteemed mortal of New Orleans. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but I am a spirit, a demon from the hottest hell. I am... What you Orleanians and foolish police call the Axeman. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clues except my bloody axe of blood and brains of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. You may tell the police to be careful not to rile me. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way that they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact, they have been so 
utterly stupid as to not only amuse me. You Orleanians think of me as the most horrible murderer, which I am. But I could be worse if I wanted to. If I wish, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens. For I am in close relationship with the angel of death. Now, to be exact, at 12.15 earthly time, on next Tuesday, I'm going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I'm going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I'm very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in the nether regions that every person shall be served. In whom's home a jazz band is full swing at the time that I have just mentioned. If everyone has jazz band going well, then so much better for you people. One thing certain is that some of you people who jazz it out on Tuesday night, if there will be any, or you will get the axe. So basically, if you're not jazzing it up, you gonna get whacked. Yeah. So. And I'm not a jazz listener. But I'd be jazzing it up every single second of the day.
When the clock struck 12.15 on March 19th, the city of New Orleans was alive and noisy as the people made sure to jazz it out. A local composer even even created a song just for the night entitled The Mysterious Axeman Jazz. It would go on to become a huge hit. Although it's doubtful that every household that night blared out jazz music into the early hours, and just like that, the Axeman promised no one got the axe, well, until August. Steve Baraka was attacked while, while he was sleeping. The Axeman cracked his head open. The back door panel was once again removed. Steve recovered but could not remember any of the details. Yeah, because his brain got rattled. Yeah. A little. A little lot. (laughs) (laughs) One month later, on September 3rd, a teenager named Sarah Luhman was attacked during the night and suffered a severe head injury as well as the missing teeth. There's your missing teeth again. Why can they be the teeth? A bloody axe was left on the front line. Like Steve, Sarah recovered but could not remember anything. But the attacker came through the window of Sarah's house. So some believe it was a copycat. She didn't have a panel to go through. I guess not. Or either somebody was watching her and was like, mm, I can use this and act like the axe man and nobody's going to find me. I mean, I guess I'd be kind of like the perfect time, right? Yeah. Then, in October, the Axeman attacked again in what's known as his final attack. Mike Pepitone, grocer and father of six, Mike's wife awoke to the sound of a struggling coming from next door, the next room, where her husband resided. She's like, dude, we got too many kids. You all need to sleep in a separate bedroom. Like, keep it over there, but keep it over there. (laughs) Blood was splattered across the majority of the room, and Mike laid in a puddle of his own blood. He would shortly die from injuries to his head. Miss Pepitone claimed to see two men fleeing from the scene. Apart from this addition, additional person, everything else in the event of the crime scene was unchanged from the previous Axeman attack. And just like that, it was over. The Axeman was never seen or heard again. Like the spirit he claimed to be, he simply vanished into air. The true identity of the killer would remain one crime's greatest unsolved mystery. All right, here's some theories. Okay. So we got four of them. The first theory is the black hand. Since majority of the Axeman's attack were on Italian-American grocers, it led some to believe that they were all victims of an early form of mafia called the black hand. The next theory is Joseph Mumfrey. Mumfrey. <laughs> oh, that's normal last name, Mumfrey. I was trying to do it Italianish. Oh, well, that's how we pronounce Mom- it, and Mom-free? I've heard it on the same list, Mumfrey. Okay. Joseph is the only suspect to have ever been linked to the Axeman in December 
1920, a year after the Axeman had struck his last victim, Mike Pepitone, Joseph was shot and killed by Mike's wife in Los Angeles. Mrs. Pepitone claimed that he was the Axeman and remembered seeing him run from the bedroom the night that her husband was killed. However, Recent research has failed to find any evidence of the man named Joseph Mumfrey making some people believe that this is a pure urban legend. The theory three is the copycat killers. Although the Axeman had identified the distinct motive, not all of the killings followed to a T. Leading some to believe the Axeman was several people who may or may not have been working together to terrorize the community. Theory 4. A demon. His ability to appear and vanish in people's houses in the middle of the night so easy. If it was a large man, how was he getting in the house? Was his arm super long he can just grab the knob? Could he fit his body through the hole he made? Also, some people believe the Axeman was indeed what he said the letter in the newspaper to be. He's a spirit from the hottest parts of hell. Well, there is your Axeman. What do you think? I'm thinking, I hope there's not an Axeman in 2020. Coronavirus pandemic is what I'm thinking. Whenever I did the research... On this, I only found like one or two like axe murderers and all the murderers was found. So there's no mysteries since. So, do you have a dum-dum on the name? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. I gotta figure out. I found it last night, so I gotta find where I screenshot it. Probably in your screenshots. Yeah, I know, but I just gotta get there. Okay, I found this and I thought it was pretty funny. So, we have another woman. (laughs) It's going to be, October is the month of women dum-dums, maybe. But, a Florida woman, this is just a little bitty, little little picture clip, clip, so I don't have much information. But a Florida woman has been arrested for driving the motorized little shopping carts through Target while drinking wine from a bottle and eating sushi and cinnamon rolls. She is living the life. What's wrong with that? That's what I'm saying. But I love her mugshot picture. Like, mm-hmm, I don't me. even care. I that's had the wine. Like, I don't care. I had the wine. That would be me. No curse. No curse. But yeah. She's living her best life, drinking the wine, cruising around Target. Best life it is. But that was my jump jump. Oh, so I definitely found where they were saying this is the new bridal attire. So they said that they wanted oh. to do that this year. So this is what I thought the Axeman looked like. This is what oh. I pictured. That's yeah. not what you pictured? Well, it's not what I pictured. I'll show you what I pictured. But it says girls night but instead of going to the bar we roam this town like this and I will 
screenshot it and post it so you will see what I'm talking about as well. So this is what I thought was okay. how the X-Men would have looked. Well, this is what I thought, but he doesn't have a hat. I thought he had a hat. Oh. <laughs> he does have long arms to open the door. Yeah. But this is the Slender Man that, like, Bray's, like, obsessed with. Gosh. He's into Yes. And mine, like mine has the hat like it was detailed. And the, the coat, the, the drenched coat. So... I don't know. You post yours and I'll post mine and we'll see who they thought it was or if they pictured that. Maybe I'll picture. So. Alright. Bye. Right. Thank you for listening to The Crimes We're Into. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a five star review. That's a huge way to help us grow. You can also find us on Facebook at the TCWI Discussion Group. Instagram at TCWI underscore podcast underscore. Our website at thecrimeswereinto.com and our Patreon page, which is patreon slash thecrimeswereinto.com or you can use our link through our website or in the show notes. We have our $1 plan, which is Team Leslie versus Team Tamara. So show us who you love. Support me, not her. Or me. Or if you love both of us, ball. Then we also have our $5 TCWI Crimesters, which will get you bonus episodes, merch items, tons of goodness. Then we have our $15 TCWI Obsessed, which is going to get you tons of merch. Tons of bonus, ad-free episodes, day sooner episodes. So make sure you show your support, whether it's a dollar or $15. If you're totally obsessed with us, we appreciate it way more than you'll ever know.